What's up, y'all, and welcome to Friday. Welcome to Pop Culture Friday. My name is Carrie Lipper Gillespie, and I am your humble pop culture servant, here to give you all the latest and greatest news in the pop culture world from the past week. I hope you had a great week. I am so happy you were here today. It was quite the week in the pop culture world. There are a couple things, two stories in particular I'm going to have some hot takes on. Those are going to be our first two stories. And then there's two at the end that are, uh, you know, more fluffy, uh, I guess, where it's not as much of a hot take. I'm just filling you in on the basics. So without further ado, let's jump right in and let's get you pop cultured. Our first story of the week, the most uh, shocking and headline making, is that former Bachelor Colton Underwood comes out as gay. In a new interview with Good Morning America's Robin Roberts, which aired on Wednesday, April 14th, the former Bachelor shared a, quote, deeply personal bit of information about himself. He said, quote, obviously this year has been a lot for a lot of people, and it's probably made a lot of people look at themselves in the mirror and and figure out who they are and what they've been running from and what they've been putting off in their lives. And for me, I've ran from myself for so long. I've hated myself for a long time. I'm gay, and I've come to terms with that earlier this year and have been processing it. Colton said the, quote, next step was letting people know. Quote, I'm still nervous, he told Robin. It's been a journey for sure. He later added that he is the happiest and healthiest he's ever been in his life. Now, I heard the news the day before that Colton was going to make a, you know, some kind of statement on GMA. It was the evening. My husband was making dinner. I was sitting on the couch and I kind of got, you know, something popped up on my phone or whatever it was that he was going to be on GMA with some announcement in the morning. And as my husband was making dinner, he I told him about it and we were kind of going back and forth. I kind of rolled my eyes, first of all, in all honesty. And we were kind of going back and forth about like what we thought it would be. And we jokingly, I don't remember if it was him or me, but we were jokingly just like, what if he announces he's gay? Like that kind of came up off and on in his season. And he has talked openly about that before his struggles with his sexuality. But we were more just kind of joking. I don't know if I really saw that as like a huge possibility. But um, I I will tell you right off the bat that I rolled my eyes when I heard that he was making some kind of announcement. That being said, the next morning when I heard about the announcement and heard that he was in fact announcing that he was gay, I was filled with like a lot of different thoughts and emotions about it. And I really, I have like my opinion of this is very multifaceted to be quite honest with you. And it might take me a little bit to unpack it, but I think there are some really important key parts about this. The first thing I want to do is state and be very open and honest about the fact that anyone coming to terms with being, quote, different or, quote, other um, and being okay with that and understanding that and stepping into that is a beautiful and amazing thing. And I am a white, hetero female. I'm very not other. I very much like fit into certain boxes. And that's just the way I am. And I realize that that's a privilege. Like I will never know what it's like to be in a same sex relationship. I'll never know. I mean, hopefully I will never know, you know, what it's like to be handicapped or anything like that or to have certain like boxes that you check as like other like I will I will never know that. And that's a privilege. So anytime anyone can like step into that version of themselves and be okay with it and and really like embrace it, that is a beautiful thing. So I want to just start out by saying that that part of this is really, really great. I also see the fact that Colton was a former athlete and the fact that that's like a hard space 
space to be in and be, you know, gay or less so a lesbian, I think. But especially for men, you see female on the female side of professional athletes. They're much more open with with being a lesbian or queer or whatever it is. But on the male side of things like professional sports is very much associated as being very manly. And so it's hard, I, I think, for those types of people. And I'm sure there are plenty of people in professional sports who are closeted uh, as gay and they are afraid to come out because of what it will do uh, in terms of their career and how they will be perceived by the media, but then by the people they're playing against, their teammates, on and on and on. And so the fact that he's a former athlete and he can come out like this, I think is it, it could be really great for, you know, that that section of the world and sexuality in that section of professional sports. Granted, he hasn't been a prof- professional athlete for a while, but he does still kind of fit into that mold. So I see this as something that could be really beneficial for athletes, male athletes in that space. Let me get on to my, um, my um, some of the icky feelings I have about this and some of my trepidations in this as a whole. It's a little icky to me that that he did this on GMA, to be quite honest with you. Um, and I told that, you know, right away, I was texting with my sister and then my best friend, Brianna, because we're all Bachelor fans. So, of course, right away, I was texting with them and like, hey, what do you think or whatnot? And the first thing I said to my sister, we had similar thoughts. It was like, good for him. But I was I was like, honestly, Holly, it feels icky to me that he had to do this on, on GMA. There's so many <laughs> there's so much shit going on in the world, for lack of a better term. Um, you know, with COVID, uh, with people, you know, so much uncertainty with jobs and just the economy. And then not to mention, uh, you know, the trial of George Floyd. And then also what happened again in Minnesota, like that uh, in and of itself, whatever comes from that, like it, the fact that like this space on GMA that Colton Underwood like took to quote, like announce this to the world, like that took away from like some other big thing that's going on in the world. There are just there's so many big things going on in the grand scheme of the world right now. So it just felt really icky to me that like he had to 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 do that or that he chose to do that, not that he had to do it. This was definitely a choice. The other thing about this that was icky to me and continues to be icky to me the more I think about it is that I am not hiding this critique. I have felt this way about Colton Underwood from the get-go. He has always come off very fame-hungry to me. Very, very, very fame-hungry. Um, and I've said that from the very beginning when he was on Becca Cuffrin's season and then The Bachelorette and then when, or I'm sorry, and then Bachelor in Paradise and then when he was on The Bachelor and everything he has done, you know, since that, he has a team and it's all very calculated. Nothing about it comes off as genuine. And I, I, everyone who gets dips their toes into the bachelor world is at least a sliver fame hungry. You know, we know what comes from being a part of the bachelor world. So, and I'm not saying that's a horrible thing. There are plenty of people who want to be famous, want the attention, but they don't do it in a super, super, super icky way. Tyler Cameron's one that I think of for sure. You can tell Tyler loves the attention, but you can also tell that Tyler like does shit the way he wants to do shit. And that gets him attention because he does come off so organic. And so uh, he does come off genuine. You know, I'm I'm not going to lie. He really does. And he's so likable. I mean, people in Bachelor Nation love Tyler and it's obvious that he likes the attention, but the way he goes about it is so much different than Colton. And the way that Colton has always gone about looking for the attention has always been annoying to me. It's always been icky to me. And this same thing, like it comes off that same way in that this was very much 
a setup for him to announce that he's doing a reality TV show with Netflix, you know, highlighting his life as a gay man. And we've seen that they are already filming that in New York City. He's been seen with like Gus Kenworthy and a couple of other people in New York City filming this. So this was all, I mean, the the pieces are lining up that this was a part of the publicity of what he's doing, you know, like him going on GMA and then him beginning to film with Netflix literally a day later. It's all like perfectly planned out in like synchronicity. Like it's and that part of it, again, like I said, is really icky to me. He's putting this in the machine and looking for ways to profit off of it, basically. And there are so many people, uh, you know, in the LGBTQ community that... Uh, you know, are scared to come out because they fear for their lives or they fear for how their family will react. And they literally just want to be themselves. And that's all they expect in return is to be themselves and to be loved by the people in their lives. And that is their only hope. And the fact that Colton as a, uh, you know, white, traditionally handsome, you know, uh, quote unquote rich uh, man is coming out. It's very vulnerable that it's very wonderful, but he stands to profit so much from this. We're seeing that right away. So like that part of it, again, is icky. The profitability part of it that he's obviously thought through. We've seen how orchestrated this is. He's going to make a lot of money off of this. And that part of it, as I said, from the representation part of it and the idea that there are so many people in the LGBT community who will not have this this same like trope is really like the icky, icky, icky part of me that I'm having a hard time being okay with and a hard time like getting... Uh, just getting past it. I just think he could have done it so different. You know, I just think of like when uh, Joja Siwa just came out and she did such a great job and she just was so joyful and normal and and just whatever about it. It was it was beautiful and it was great. And I think she did an amazing job and she did it in a way that like she's she's going to just continue being Jojo Siwa like and she's already had, uh, you know, success before she came out. Her coming out was just her wanting to be okay with herself and her wanting the rest of the world to know who she really was. But she did it in a way where it wasn't like I'm gay and like this is what I'm doing as my next business venture as a gay woman. You know what I mean? Like it, it was very much like I'm gay and I'm just going to keep doing me like Colton's coming out was very much like I'm gay and this is what I'm doing uh, next to profit off my gayness and coming out as gay and finally being OK with being gay. And again, the ickiness just comes over me. I don't say this again. I want to reiterate that coming to terms with your sexuality and I know he grew up in a very traditional religious home where he struggled with feeling like being gay was wrong. He has since said that like his his faith is is very strong and his parents have been nothing but amazing. So like but I think it's just growing up in that traditional setting where it was it was just different. And so he's talked about struggling with that. So coming to terms with that and like I don't want to take away from the fact that it's great that he's arrived here and it takes courage to like be who you are in any regard, especially when you're quote unquote other. But um, so I don't want to take away from that. That's important. That's great. As I said, it's just like the way in which he goes about things is always very much like, look at me, look at me, look at me. Um, this is what I'm doing. Come look at me. It was I felt the same way about his book. Like when he put out his book, I was just like, oh, can we not? You know, I was just I was so I was so done with it. It's just ugh. 
The other thing I want to mention that makes this all very, like, as I said, icky to me is like, lest we forget that a mere six months ago, he was a literal predator and was stalking and harassing his ex-girlfriend, Cassie Randolph, in a, a, to such extremes that she had to have a restraining order put on him. And that there were, this was in court. There were legal battles over the fact that he was stalking and harassing her. So lest we forget that he is a predator. And I'm not saying that that he can never, you know, like ditch that title, but this was literally less than a year ago. And these were some really like serious and creepy allegations and like things he was doing. Like there was proof of him putting a tracking device on her car. So like, I mean, I think of his victim, like he has a victim, Cassie, like it's just icky. Like part of it is like, I, he deserves to be celebrated for parts of this. But the other part of it is like, can we not forget that he again is a predator and that she literally felt unsafe with what he was doing and it got to the point where she had to put a restraining order on him like this doesn't this does not negate the fact that that is not okay and that she is a, his victim and i just i think about how she's feeling right now honestly and i know i know part of her like really loves and cares for him but like that's it's just it's not okay like it's not okay to like forget about that huge aspect of this just because he's come out and told us that he's gay and okay with it. And I know he apologized to Cassie and whatnot, but again, still, this was less than a year ago. This isn't something that happened a year plus five, 10 years ago, literally less than a year ago, this was going on and this was happening. So like, let's not forget about that, first of all. It, again, it's just another part of this that's that's really icky. And it's like rebranding himself as, as this new guy. And the way it was, was just so not great. You know, I just had so many mixed feelings about it, honestly, as I was watching it. And it's, it's just, ugh, I'm so, I don't want to watch his Netflix show. I really don't. Like I, unless, unless he, it turns out to be something where he's really like they're using him as a conduit to bring attention to other you know more silenced lgbtq members you know the trans members the people of color who are lgbtq like unless they're using this reality show to showcase and highlight those voices of the community this all seems very like self-promoting very self like centered on colton and what colton's doing and i have no interest in that i really i really don't so TBD on what the reality show will encompass, but it also puts a bad taste in my mouth that Netflix is like giving a platform to someone who, as I said, like a mere six months ago, like was stalking and harassing, you know, his ex-girlfriend. Like Netflix, can we like get tougher, um, you know, criteria? Like, can we think this through? Like, is there someone else better, uh, you know, in the LGBTQ space who could, you know, give this story justice? I, I mean, I don't know. I have a lot of mixed emotions about this, you guys. That is the gist of it. I could probably go on forever, but I would love to know this, especially this topic. I would love to know y'all's opinion. So message me back on my Instagram or whatever it is and let me know what you think because I would love to hear your opinions. That was a long one, you guys. But moving on to story number two, J-Lo and A-Rod have officially broken up. On April 15th, the singer and the New York Yankees alum confirmed they have called off their engagement in a joint statement. We have realized we are better as friends and look forward to remaining so, the two said. We will continue to work together and support each other on our shared businesses and projects. They, of course, uh, each have two kids. Jennifer Lopez shares 13-year-old twins Max and Emmy with her ex, Mark Anthony, and Rodriguez shares daughters Natasha and Ella Rodriguez with his ex-wife, Cynthia. 
and they added that they both wish the best for one another and one another ch- one another's children. Quote, out of respect for them, the only other comment we have to say is thank you to everyone who has sent kind words and support. So this is not surprising because I talked about this in a former pop cultured episode. I wasn't sure how they were going to fix this. This obviously goes back to the Madison LaCroix of it all and the allegations that, uh, you know, A-Rod was cheating on J-Lo with a Bravo celebrity named Madison LaCroix. If you want to go back and listen to that episode, you can listen to my thoughts then. I had a feeling that I was not sure how they were going to work this out. Um, You know, one month ago, a split speculation came out saying that they had broken up and they quickly, they as in J-Lo and A-Rod came out saying the reports are inaccurate. Um, they're just going through a tough time, blah, 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 blah. Then the next week later, we saw A-Rod flew down to the Dominican Republic and uh, A-Rod and J-Lo were caught on camera, like making out uh, while she was filming a movie, Shotgun Wedding, I think it is called. So they were on like quick, you know, patrol of like trying to fix things. They were seen packing on the PDA and here, you know, again, a month later, we're hearing they split. It's just, it's one of those things where I'm just, this is A-Rod's reckoning for sure. And I, if I were J-Lo, like she is just he is not worthy of her at this point because regardless, the Madison LaCroix of it all like seems to be that it was true. And it's just ridiculous. Like it just, that's what you're going to like mess around on JLo with. Like, first of all, don't mess around on, on anyone. But second of all, if you're going to, like, w- why would you pick some D-list brow celebrity? Like, I just don't understand. It's like, it was such a slap in her face when these rumors came out. And the fact that, you know, I don't think it's the whole reason why they split. It definitely like sped things along. <laughs> like, that's for sure. The fact that they were in the tabloid for him talking to some like 29 year old like as I said D-list Bravo celebrity while he's got J-Lo with a ring on her finger I mean I don't think it's the whole reason but I think it sped things along and it's really kind of sad because they were the ultimate power couple their kids famously got along so well their kids were in love with each other so it's like sad that this is like a breakup of their you know potential you know joining of their families which seems so happy and great together and it's just it's kind of sad like I'm not surprised because of how things have unfolded but I'm also like I'm kind of sad like I really shipped this couple long term and I think this is this is just I'm chalking this up as an L for A-Rod he's gonna take the loss on this one because I think this is his fault honestly I mean I just really do Our next story, the Gucci family blasts Lady Gaga's House of Gucci movie. This one is interesting. While House of Gucci is meant to recreate the drama of Mauricio Gucci's murder, it is shaping up to cause just as much a spectacle behind the scenes from the real Gucci family. The Ridley Scott crime biopic is filming right now and is not expected to be out until late this year, but it has already caused quite a stir with members of the Gucci family. Quote, we are truly disappointed. They are stealing the identity of a family to make a profit, to increase the income of the Hollywood system. Our family has an identity, privacy. We can talk about everything, but there is a borderline that cannot be crossed. This is coming from Patrizia Gucci, who is one of Maurizio's second cousins. Patrizia's complaints extend to what she's seen in the paparazzi photos of the cast filming. Quote, my grandfather was a very handsome man, like all the Gucci's, and very tall, blue eyes, and very elegant. He is being played by Al Pacino, who is not very tall already, and this photo shows him as fat, short, with sideburns, really ugly, she says. (laughs) Quote, it's shameful because he doesn't resemble him at all. Patrizia also did not take kindly to Jared Leto's depiction of Paolo Gucci. Quote, horrible, horrible, she says in the report, saying, I still feel offended. 
Patrizia is not the only Gucci-adjacent figure with a bone to pick over how things are unfolding. In March, Maurizio Gucci's ex-wife Patricia Rigia spoke out about Lady Gaga, who is set to pay her in the film. Quote, I am rather annoyed at the fact that Lady Gaga is playing me in the new Ridley Scott film without having the consideration and the sensibility to come and meet me, she said. Reggiana noted it's not a money-related question as she, quote, won't get a cent from the film. It is a question of good sense and respect. So I'm sure by now you guys have seen the photos of Lady Gaga and Adam Driver, who are the big stars, uh, headlining stars in this film. The photos that have been published so far have been so, so great. They both look amazing. Um, Unfortunately, this is like show business and the business side of Hollywood that you can take and make a film of someone and their family and not get their approval. And that's like legally unless they have like unless they have the rights to X, Y, Z story. Um, They can't really the family of, you know, Gucci can't really do anything about this per se. Like this is just like the business. We saw this some with uh, Selena. Um, There we're going to do a TV show about Selena and then like also like a documentary, like a several part documentary. And the family of Selena was trying to uh, figure out how to get this taken down or get some money off of it. And there there was just no way they could because of how it was drawn up. And so how do you like get the rights, the quote unquote rights to like someone's life and life story? And that's it's just not the way it works. It's just like how um, someone can write an autobiography about a celebrity and like me as a celebrity, if I'm the celebrity, like if someone wrote an autobiography about Carrie Gillespie, like I, you know, couldn't really stop it. Uh, They're writing like if they got quotes from my friends or family or whatever it was and they got enough information to paint like a worthy picture, like they could, I don't have any right in me to like, uh, you know, stop what they're saying unless they are like uh, making false statements or, you know, making lies and then you get into libel and things like that. But otherwise, like I don't have a right to like stop that story, that version of the story, like them having my blessing would give more credence to what they're doing. But there are several like unauthorized autobiographies about, you know, presidents and celebrities and, and famous people that are out there. Like it just this is part of like the world and part of like how show business works. So um, this is just kind of how how things go. Like it's funny the um, the complaints of the Gucci family seem to be very very surface level. Um, you know, in terms of what they're complaining about, they're complaining. Uh, you know that Al Pacino doesn't you know look how this you know character he's playing should look. Well, um, honey, I'm not sure if you've seen the uh, makeup and costume departments of you know these big uh, you know movies, but they tend to be pretty spot on. And so even if uh, Al Pacino doesn't look like him right about now. I'm pretty sure uh, when the movie runs around, he'll look just fine and it will be not a problem at all. Um, In terms of for being mad about Lady Gaga playing, uh, you know, the ex-wife, again, it's just, it all just seems very superficial. They're upset about like the looks, like the fact that Jared Leto doesn't look how this person's supposed to look. It's like, unless you've seen, you know, the the photos and whatnot and seen how the final product is going to look, like I really don't think they have judgment to say what, what looks good and what doesn't. In terms of Lady Gaga not going to her. She's playing this person who's still alive and not going to this person to ask about it. It it doesn't sound like this person, you know, the ex-wife, Rigiana, I'm sorry, I can't, I'm so bad at saying these foreign names, but it doesn't sound like she's very open to talking to Lady Gaga. So even if Lady Gaga went to her and was like, hey, can we sit down and like, and talk about this so I can better convey your character? Like, it doesn't sound like the family is open to this movie. So it sounds like even if she did that, this Patricia Rigiano, like the ex-wife would have told her to go kick rocks. So I don't know 
know what she's like upset about in that sense. Um, I kind of understand some of it, but it's also like you're talking trash about them now. So what makes you think that like they would have been welcomed to come talk to you before? I don't know. All of it sounds very, very surface level. And I mean, part of me like understands like it's hard to watch someone tell the story of your family and not have any input. But it, it's also just like I I don't know what what you expect. Like this is this is the business. This is show business. And this is just how, it's, how it goes. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see. I'm excited to see this film. I love Adam Driver. Um, if this is anything like A Star is Born, Gaga is going to hit it out of the water. I mean, we'll just have to see. So, uh, yeah, waiting, waiting with bated breath because I think this is going to be a, a good film. Our final story of the day, Bernie Madoff has died in prison at the age of 82. Bernie Madoff, the former NASDAQ chairman who built one of the biggest investment fraud schemes in history, died in prison. He was 82 years old. The Bureau of Prisons confirmed Madoff passed away on April 14th at the Federal Medical Center in Butner, North Carolina. Madoff had been serving a 150-year prison sentence at the time of his death. After masterminding a Ponzi scheme that conned investors out of millions of dollars, Madoff was arrested in December 2008 on fraud charges and later pleaded guilty. At the time, Madoff apologized and told the courts that he was, quote, ashamed of his actions. According to NBC News, victims of Madoff's Ponzi scheme included Kevin Bacon, Kira Sedgwick, as well as Steven Spielberg. So I'm sure you have all heard of Bernie Madoff. I remember when he was arrested, like I read here in 2008, and it was a big deal. And this, you know, all happened in 2008 and 2009. It was all around the time of the market crash and there was a lot going on. It was a very historic time in our country. But for those of you who are wanting a hardcore number, uh, his uh, financial fraud, you know, the Ponzi scheme he created was worth about $64.8 billion. So um, he was orchestrating some real shady shit and he stole and lost money from a lot, a lot of people. It's unfortunate. I read in this story, Kevin Bacon, Kira Sedgwick, Steven Spielberg, those are obviously big names. People like that are completely fine, of course. Uh, you know, they've recovered just fine. But, uh, you know, it's sad for the people who aren't as, uh, you know, weren't as able to recover from the money he stole from them. And there are definitely people who lost everything because of of this guy and what he was doing, what he was pulling off. And it's just so unfortunate. I actually read a novel recently called The Glass Hotel by Emily St. John Mandel. And this is a novel, of course, but it is based on, you know, the it's based on like Bernie Madoff's story. Basically, there's a, you know, a gentleman in the story and he, uh, you know, it's like it's the novel fiction, quote, fictionalized version of like Bernie Madoff. That's his story was based on this character in the book. So if you find this kind of thing interesting, uh, read that book, check it out. It's a really good book. Again, like I said, it's a novel, but it's based off of Bernie Madoff and, and his whole history. And there's a couple characters in the book who are like friends of his and he steals tons of money from them. And it's just so unfortunate and, and whatnot. And I'm sure there were situations like that in Bernie Madoff's real life where it's just really sad that people can, uh, you know, commit these white collar crimes and really just, oh, it's so icky. Icky is just like the word of the day. I should name this episode like ickiness. Ickiness in, you know, this week. This week's ickiness brought to you by Carrie Lipper Gillespie. All right, y'all, that is going to wrap up today's show. As always, let me know your thoughts on any of the stories I covered today, especially the Colton Underwood story. I am 
honestly super curious about other people's thoughts on this. Of course, I, again, am a white, like hetero female, but uh, those were my very, you know, some of those might be hot takes and I'm open to hearing other people's takes, but um, that's what I got for you. And I would love to hear y'all's opinions. So send me a DM on the Candidly Speaking Instagram page and I would love to just hear it. I love hearing your thoughts. I love getting some banter going and, and just hearing what you guys think. If this is your first time here, hi, you guys, and welcome. My name is Carrie. I would love it if you came back again. If you enjoyed the show, please do come back again. And please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and write a review about why you like the show. It is really helpful, helps the show grow, helps us uh, get more people uh, finding what we're doing here. If you want to keep up with me on a daily basis, you can find me on the gram. I am at Carrie.Gillespie. And as I said, the show is at Candidly Speaking Podcast. Gonna do it for today, y'all. I hope you had a great week. I hope you have an amazing weekend. You have officially been pop cultured.